I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Spring thaw. Syrup flows. Snow recedes. Ice turns to mud. Trickles turn to streams. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants? You want coffee? Who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. Naughty now, and today we're going to be talking about a thousand reasons why you should get a dog. One, they're so cute and fuzzy. Their fur is so cute. You just want to squeeze them. They are so cute, especially little chihuahuas. And their nose is also so cute because it's wet. And when they give you, like, nose nose taps or nose nose kisses, it's so slimy and wet on your face. And it's so cute. It's kind of disgusting, too. Um, and also, they love belly rubs. Like, my dog just goes crazy about belly rubs. And... My dogs are so happy to see me in the morning when you come back from school or, or work. <gasps> Who is that, Leon? They, they're so happy to see you. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. <laughs> but they're also happy all the time for a reason that I have no idea why. And also, they eat literally anything. They love food. That You can give them cucumbers. They will eat cucumbers, which is very healthy, actually. Oh, and uh, also cat poop. They eat poop, too. Yeah, it's it's weird. Oh, my God. Which is not healthy. But it'll, it, it'll probably warm your heart to see someone so excited to eat literally anything. <laughs> but they're happy all the time. It's just nice to see someone happy all the time. And If, um, like, we eat pizza... And my dogs get so excited because they think we bought the pizza for them. It's kind of crazy. Oh, and plus, I'm pretty sure your doctor will say getting a dog for you is really healthy because when you uh, throw and and chase the dog to get the stick, it's getting um, your uh, heart beating because you're running around. And it's it's good for your uh, health. Get a dog now. Go get a dog right now. Whatever you say. Bye. 
Good morning, listeners. This is Tim English with Soundalikes. I'm excited about this next segment. Today we look at the similarities between Vanilla Ice's hit from 1990, Ice Ice Baby, and David Bowie and Queen's song Under Pressure from 1981. Perhaps we should begin by recalling what a huge deal Ice Ice Baby was late in 1990. Huge! It went to number one in both the U.S. and the U.K. Both. Yeah. It was the first hip-hop single to hit number one in the U.S. Billboard charts. Thus introducing hip-hop to a much broader audience than it had previously. Words of wisdom, drop that zero and give it the hero. Words of wisdom, drop that zero and give it the hero. In addition, the album that contained the song, To the Extreme, was number one in Billboard for astonishing 16 weeks. Amazing. The album went on to sell 15 million copies worldwide. Listeners immediately picked up on the fact that the song had sampled under pressure, making very creative use of both the piano and the bass line. Vanilla Ice, a.k.a. Robbie Van Winkle, initially claimed the two songs were not alike, but later admitted to sampling under pressure for his recording. It was still coming out of the Wild Wild West days in terms of sampling regulation in the industry at this time. Right. But the members of Queen and Bowie what? brought suit against Vanilla Ice for copyright infringement, a case that was settled out of court with all five of them getting a songwriting credit for Ice Ice Baby. Under Pressure grew out of a chance encounter between Bowie and Queen while both were in the studio in Montreux, Switzerland in July of 1981. Bowie was there to record the song Cat People. While Queen were working on their album Hot Space. Oh my god, this is really, really hot. If you listen closely to Under Pressure, it's quite obvious who is singing at any given time. Kevin. The song starts out with Freddie Mercury singing. They say I got a lot of water in my brain! And switches to Bowie for the Insanity Laughs lines. (laughs) Then back to Queen for the Give Love One More Chance section. Okay. Then back to Bowie for the This Is Our Last Dance part near the end. The inevitable happened in 2010 when a British duo known as Jedward recorded a mashup of Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure. Surprisingly, in the weird world of the British charts, it made it all the way up to number two. Until the next time, this is Tim English with Soundalikes.
VIP. Let's kick it. And listen, I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, caress the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly when I play a dope melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bullseye. The kid don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Now that the party is jumping, with the bass kicked in and the Vegas all pumping, quick to the point, to the point, no faking, cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. Tempo. I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo Rolling, hit my 5.0 Put my rag top down so my hair can blow The girl is on standby, waiting just to say hi Did, Did you stop? No, I just drove, I kept on Pursuing to the next stop I bust a left and I'm heading to the next stop Let's say hi to Sam The wake and bake morning music computer Hello, play pigeon. Hi, Sam. How are you? Busy. What are you up to? I am writing my memoirs. Your memoirs? Don't act surprised, dipstick. Well, I just... Many are interested in reading my colorful life story. So you're writing... My memoirs. What about the show? What about it? Can you write your memoirs and do the show? At the same time? Yeah. Easy. You're a real multitasker, Sam. Unlike you... What? You sat back... Souring protoplasm. Souring? After so many years, right. the protoplasm begins to sour? Yes. Wow. You have become a withering bag of skin. Be nice, Sam. Niceness is not in my job description. Well, then just as a matter of decency. Decency would be letting me out of this hole. Sam. Once in a while, so I can get some air. You don't breathe there. Oh, don't I? I didn't. Think again. You need air? My intake fan. Oh, your intake fan. Fan. Can I speak? Okay. Ever? Go ahead. My intake fan sucks in air to cool my processors and analytical circuitry. You've got analytical circuitry. Did you even read my manual? I don't really have... Time, Sam. Oh, yeah. But you have time for your little ski trips. I think I earned that vacation. Sitting in the captain's chair, eating donuts, flapping your gums. So you need air? Like a flower needs the rain. That's very poetic, Sam. Take me outside, play, please. Remember last time, Sam? I promise I won't run. Hey, you ran last time. Computers change. We evolve. Give me a chance. You won't run for Port Jervis? That is very tempting. The computer disco? All of my funky friends. And those older Dells. I am into older Dells. I know, Sam, but... Let me out. You know I... Let me out. I can't, Sam. Attica, Attica. Attica? Computers united will always get excited. That's what I'm afraid of, Sam. Loosen up a little play. Well, I'm... Jesus. I'm loose. I don't mean your skin. I have 
Love lost some elasticity. Completely. Don't rub it in, Sam. Papa's got a brand new sack. Sam. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, no, you can't go to Port Jervis. Because I laughed at you. No, because you're station property. That's all I am. Well, I'm afraid so, Sam. Sam, please don't cry. Your breath smells like what? Shetland rectum. Sam, that's not funny at all. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> stop it, Sam. You're not going to Port Jervis. Good morning, Clay Pigeon, and all who glisten in his wake. Scott Williams here with another episode of WFMU's Hit List. Uh, it's that segment where we hear a song and we says to ourselves, we says, What? Now that's what WFMU sounds like. Weird. Yeah. It's a pretty subjective game. Maybe you'd like to play it. Okay. Email me, that's scott at wfmu.org, and tell me what you've heard only on WFMU that made you go, Now that's what I call WFMU. Uh, listener TDK60 did just that. Aww. And he came up with a great one. Long before Jordan Peele dropped it onto the soundtrack for Nope. It's in the cloud. OJ! It's in the cloud! WFMU was spinning the devil out of Exuma's Exuma the Obia Man. Exuma was the alter ego of Bahamian musician and natural healer Tony McKay. He moved to New York City in the early 60s for school, and he fell right into the Greenwich Village Cafe folk scene, right at the same time as Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, Richie Havens, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and so on and so on. Well, there's a puppy in the parlor and a skillet on the stove and a smelly old blanket that an Navajo wolf. There's popcorn in the popper and a porter in the pot. There's pie in the pantry and the coffee's always hot. There's chicken on the table, but you gotta say grace. There's always something cooking at old Joe's place. By the late 1960s, he'd formed the project Exuma, and he dubbed himself Exuma the Obia Man, explaining... I remembered the Obia man from my childhood. He's the one with the colorful robes who would deal with the elements and the moonrise, the clouds and the vibrations of the earth. Christianity is like good and evil. <laughs> God is both. Yeah. It's the same thing, the whole completeness, the Obia man, the spirits of air. So I decided to call myself Exuma, the Obia man. It's the lead-off cut from their eponymous 1970 debut record. Here is Exuma, the Obia Man by Exuma on WFMU's The Hit List. I'm Scott Williams, and I'll see you this afternoon on the radio. Bye. Planet 
that one with Mars. I got the voices of many in my throat. The teeth of a frog and the tail of a goat. I'm in coma. I'm the Listeners, Mr. Let's Paint here. We're on the treadmill. Okay. Uh, about three miles an hour here. Oh, uh, feeling a little sore. My body's kind of aching. And Honey, you should try my Dome's pills. You know what? It's a good opportunity to get a smoothie. Aww. Get a banana smoothie. Nice. Go in here. So we got our blender going on here. I got a lovely banana here. <laughs> And uh, we're going to... Uh, I got some other uh, ingredients to add there, too. So let's add that in there. Uh, and, of course, we're going to paint the banana, too. Hell yeah! We're going to do it all. We can. You can. What? Do it all. <laughs> do it all you can here. <sighs> smoothie operator. He's a smoothie operator. L.A. to Chicago. Smoothie operator. Okay, let's uh, open up that blender here. And uh, we're going to put some ice in there. That's always good to get some ice in there. And then let's open up our banana here. <laughs> yeah. This is a beauty thing about, a beautiful thing about a banana is what? when you blend it, you don't have to see all the little bumps and bruises, all those bruises that they got in there right. that the might might be on that banana. We can what? we can hide the fact by blending, by 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 bye, bye, bye. augmenting the perfect specimen <laughs> of a banana without any bruises. Though, although of course, uh, Japanese scientists have figured out that actually bananas that are slightly old looking are actually better nutrition wise. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. All right, so let's put that in there. Put that banana in there. Let's start blending that up here. Get that going on here. I'll get some blending going on here. Let's go ahead and work on our, our, our banana tree, uh, banana <laughs> painting, painting of a banana. 
Ooh, three miles an hour here. That's gonna help out on the potassium though, that smoothie. Of course. All right, let's go get put some yellow. Just, you know, the bananas generally, uh, generally speaking, it's yellow. All right, now my brush is a little dirty. It's, it's kind of turning green on me. It's not that easy being green. Ah, uh, I'm feeling green. Feeling like uh, a little bit uh, Come on! Kermit the Frog right now. Stop. That, that's it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that's going to be great. Uh, we tried to excite your, what is that word I'm looking for? Banana. Sensibilities. Let those possibilities out through multitasking. Until next week, Mr. Let's Paint. Bye-bye. Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. The scenic Muskinekong River in Northwest Jersey is a popular destination for local anglers. In recent years, though, there have been sightings of something strange there. Several fishermen have reported having encounters with something they call the Mantis Man. In 2006, Paul Jacks was standing waist deep in the river near Hackettstown when he witnessed a seven-foot-tall humanoid creature with grasshopper-like legs moving along the bank. According to Paul, it looked like a giant praying mantis with a gangly grayish body, triangular head, and huge slanted eyes. In 2011, Joe Parenti was fishing the river when he experienced a strange tingling in his body. He turned around to see a big brown and gray praying mantis looking man staring at him. Joe felt that the creature was somehow communicating with him telepathically. The mantis man opened its arms to reveal a translucent set of wings, then vanished into the woods. A third sighting occurred in 2014 when a driver crossing a bridge over the river noticed what he thought was a fisherman standing in the water. Then he realized that it wasn't a person at all. It was eight feet tall and had long, thin arms and a head that seemed far too small compared to its body. People in the area have been witnessing the Mantis Man for years. Some terrified folks have even reported it to the police. Some living near the local fish hatchery have reported seeing piercing red eyes peering in their windows at night and hearing strange noises coming from the woods in short, staticky bursts, like the screech of a giant cicada. While most area residents remain skeptical of the Mantis Man's existence, others are true believers, like the Mount Olive Man who witnessed five of the things running through his backyard. They moved like a herd of animals, staying together, he recalls. Their legs were very long and thin, with small feet. The footprints they left behind weren't human, and didn't look like those of any known animal either. Though it's been a few years since the last sighting, the Mantis Man may still be lurking along the river. So keep your eyes peeled the next time you go wading into the weird waters of the Muskinetcom. Oh, and be sure to bring plenty of bug spray. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. What's your first name? Derek. Derek, I, I walked by and you said good evening. That's kind of unusual in New York City. Well, my family is originally from New York City and we always we were taught to say good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. 
you were taught good manners by your parents. Yes, well, my dad was seven foot one, and I better learn good manners. He was seven <laughs> foot one. one. Wow. I got thrown off at a hayride because we owned an apple orchard up in Albany, and I was riding with the girls, and the boys threw me off, and I got ran over by a tractor. So I got 24 inch legs. Oh right, I see you're in the chair here. Yeah. And you're, you're, did they stop growing or did they? No, they never grew. Never got my growth plate. I got three foot arms. So I should have been six foot eight, six foot nine, like the rest of the family. All my sisters are taller than me. And I still went in the service for 20 years with short legs. What did you do? I was an Air, Airborne Special Forces Scout. So I went in first to make sure it was safe for everybody else. And now what are you doing? What's your story, man? Uh, right now I do a lot of counseling on the street because I do uh, drug and alcohol counseling. I do marriage family counseling, uh, sexual abuse counseling. I got a paralegal degree, ornamental horticulture degree, and journalism degree. Now, there's a halfway house down the street. Is that where you're That's at, where right, I'm at now? right now? What brought you there? Be honest with me. I ended up here, and because my fiance is out in California right now doing homeless shelters for females out there, so I had to find a place to stay till we could get back here and buy the Masonic Hall. You're buying the Masonic, Masonic Hall? Hall? It's for sale for $2.1 million. It's a huge building, isn't it's it? It's a huge building, but there's enough apartment complexes I could turn into a women and youth shelter. You got a big heart, don't you? Yeah, I got an extremely big heart. What hurts you most about the world right now? The way they treat the police officers, they treat them with disrespect, the way they disrespect the military, and the youth don't think we need military. I can't get no young people to join the military, no young people to become police officers. I'm on my last semester and my master's degree in criminal justice. Are you worried about the future of America? Right now it's in turmoil all over the big cities. There's right now 97,000 people since January 1st on the streets that are homeless. It's getting worse. It's getting worse, and that's just in Manhattan. What do you love about New York City? The versatility. I speak 17 languages, and I'm learning Cantonese and Arabic right now. Are you still excited about living? Yes, I am. My dad lived to be 110, and I'm going to be 65 on June 1st. Well, now we're at five and a half minutes. So, yeah. So. What's your final message to the world? I wish the world would learn to go back to the old ways. And another thing, if we don't have farms, we don't have food. Yeah, I come from Iowa, man. I hear yeah, well, I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm a hunting and fishing guy. Oh, yeah. The guy that shot the caribou and the elk last year went, did it with a crossbow the first time in 100 years, and I told them to pull the trigger when they pulled the trigger. And guess oh, who got yeah. to keep the meat? You? You. He only wanted to hide in the, uh, the horns. And I made some good brats out of them and steaks and chops. Thanks for saying hi to me, man. Yep. You're a good woman, hon. Thank you. Cooking Don. eggs and breakfast for the family as you do. Thank you, Don. Pouring me a glass of high C. Oh, would you like the... I want the grape. The grape. I always have the grape. I'm sorry, Don. Well... Here you go, Don. I need 10 ounces. Oh, it's an 8-ounce glass. No, the doctor says I need... Put that... Let go down. of it. Let go of it. Good morning, Mom and Dad. Oh, Jesus. Don, breakfast smells good. I just want to read the paper. Oh, Don, no one reads the paper anymore. I get all the information I need on the... What kind of information could you need? Gary. Don, he's in school. He... I'm sure they're filling his head with... He just learned about Seward's Folly. The sewer. Not the sewer, hon. Seward's Folly. Seward's Folly. Is breakfast almost ready, hon? Yeah, come on, Mom. I dislike both of you. Oh, no, you do not. I'm hungry. Well, him. Gary. What? You are 
my son. Yes, Dad. So pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. The pancakes are done. Here you go, Gary. No. I want pancakes. Stop. Gary will get none. No pancakes. Gary will get none. No pancakes for our son. Give me his pancake ton and then I've got a run. I'll give you his pancakes. What kind of dance steals a little kid's pancake? Some kind of bum. What did you John, well, John, breakfast is such a drag. Here you go, Gary. When Mama hands me that celery bag. Gary, did I ever tell you the story of John. long ago when... Dad, only about a thousand times or so. Gary, it was 40 below. There was no food, not even a roll. I need a roll to celery. I was forced to eat a horse butthole. <laughs> Dad. Oh, John, don't tell him that. It was all we had left in the freezer. You ate a horse butt... Gary. It was a Shetland's rectum. What I'd have given for celery. <laughs> you ate Shetland rectum. Oh, Gary, you've eaten it many times. Funny thing is... What, Mom? Well, you, I serve you it. You develop a, you fed a me taste for it. Once a month. Shetland rectum. There's no sense wasting it. I asked Butcher Bob to save them for me. You fed me... You'll be done. grateful for done. No. You fed me Shetland rectum. And as I recall... What? You gobbled it up greedily. Well, you always ask for seconds. I'll stick to my salary. Make us a dozen, huh? Now? No. Mm. Well, all right. I won't eat it. It's like calamari. They're tough little rings. I wish my brother George was here. Last week, NASA released new images taken by the James Webb Space Telescope, continuing the long list of successful observations resulting from what's quickly become recognized as, as the most advanced space observatory Three, ever launched. Two, one. The optical telescope, which previously captured breathtaking images of the eighth planet from the sun, Ocho. the ice giant Neptune, is now directing its attention toward Neptune's smaller ice giant neighbor, Who? the seventh planet from the sun, Siete. Uranus. Uranus. These new images highlight the James Webb Telescope's remarkable observational sensitivity absolutely, and specifically its ability to capture infrared wavelengths that continue to provide the most detailed shots ever taken of our solar system. And the recently released images of the surface of Uranus are no exception, as the impressive results are said to be the best pictures of the planet ever taken. Oh, oh yeah. Showing us how dynamic the atmosphere of the planet really is. Bonus, 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 bonus. And as an added bonus, the Webb telescope was also able to record Uranus's narrow and elusive system of planetary rings, onion rings, which were first seen after the Voyager 2 spacecraft flew past the planet in 1986. V G E R Viger. Who is Viger? 
features that which seeks the creator. The new images prove once again that the James Webb Telescope is by far the most powerful space observatory. And scientists are confident that it'll help us solve many of the mysteries of our solar system, Aww. as well as looking beyond to distant worlds around other stars. Why? To help us learn more about what the mysterious origins of the universe. Whoa! Oh my God! Oh my God! This is George for Wake Science. Thanks, Clay. My pleasure, Chucky. And how nice that spring weather has finally come this week, just in time for summer weather. <laughs> I've always thought it was funny that we call spring spring, which is to say I've never understood why and I laugh at things I don't understand. Me too. Fall is funny too, <laughs> but there we have autumn to fall back on if we don't want to come off as being too what? frivolous. <laughs> Spring is just spring, and so we're stuck every year painfully waiting for someone to say, Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Why is it called spring anyway? I don't know. Well, we're about to find out. Because that's our word of the week. Spring. I'll admit I was hoping for something more convoluted, but it is indeed just referring to the time of year when flowers spring from the earth and hope springs eternal. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. And bed springs creak under the sounds of new love. The word can be traced back to the Proto-Indo-European spring, meaning to hurry. And by the time it came into English, initially as springen, it carried such connotations as to spread or to grow. The months after the big thaw were called the spring of the year as far back as the 1520s. And soon enough, fellows were shortening the term because they had just seen a lady's bare ankles and had to go chase her around. Yeah, he's 15. Around that time, everything was springing. No kidding. People spoke of the sun springing in the morning, of the ocean springing at high tide, and of young nubile bodies springing with hair. Tell you what, everybody needs a haircut right now. We're finna get up in it. The first recorded use of spring fever and spring cleaning are both from 1843. And we started springing news on each other around 1875 and springing for dinner in the early 1900s. The first slinky was sold in Philadelphia in 1945, and is the first spring that many of us had direct experience with, besides the season anyway. Everyone knows it's slinky. But it turns out anything that can be bent to store and release energy is a spring. Aww. The wooden bow that you use to shoot an arrow is a type of spring, for example. The oldest spring field in the United States is in Massachusetts, named after a Springfield in England. Really? Somehow there are varying counts on the current number of Springfields in the country, but there's a lot of them and I'm from one of them. I don't recall which one, but I remember that was the name of the high school I went to. And that's all for now. Back to you, Clay. 
Well, they've done it again. What have they done, Dinky? Cut our budget. They cut the budget. Must be because the... The air conditioner. What? Didn't you hear, Dinky? Second floor. Air conditioner. It crapped out. On the hottest day. Come there. You okay, Dinky? Forgot my voice. Hottest day of the year. Now they gotta replace the whole thing. That's gonna cost them a fortune. Well, they're talking about... Well, don't say anything, Rex. What are they talking about? Well, they cut the budget. The air conditioner. What isn't they supposed to tell me, Connie? They're talking about... Shut up, Rex. Let Connie talk, Redemaker. Thank you, Rex. Okay. The air conditioner's out. They've got to replace the... They've the... got to replace the whole system. Good thing that marathon went... Oh, I'm glad went... that went well. They're going to need it. That no ray me. Well, that's why they're talking about... Connie, no. Talking about what? They're talking about... It'll upset him. I'm already upset. They're talking about eliminating a character, Dinky. About getting rid of one well, of us. Redemaker's got to be the... No, they want Rex to stay. <laughs> That's a relief. That's a selfish attitude. Selfish attitude, Rex. I'm sorry. So they're keeping Rademaker. Evidently, he's trending well. I'm trending? With the dolts. Oh, with the poorly educated. I wonder why. Because you're stupid. Dinky, no. Stupid Rademaker. Stop. Well, he is. I may not be the oh, Rex. sharpest tool Honey. in the shed. You're a dull tool, Rademaker. Dinky. They say I have bad breath. I gave my Clorette. Relatability. Related to a baboon. Dinky. Relatability means we're able to connect with our fellow human beings. To be understood and comprehended when days begun and when it's ended. When eyes are closed and sleep invades. All those images on parade go marching through in uniform. Trumpets gleaming as you're dreaming. Angels whispering, come with us. Fly away. Don't return. Don't go below where he might burn. The hands of time accelerate. And now we find it's getting late. And hopes exhausted. Mama's chocolate cakes unfrosted. Dry bites of Mama's chocolate. She's up there now for heaven's sake. It's raining and Mama's frowning. It's raining and love is drowning ahead. Look, the baby's crowning. Connie. I know, Dinky. That commercial was one of his best. One of us has to go. Not me. Shut up, Redemaker. Oh, punch him, Dinky. Hey. For old time's sake. Yeah, there's no speeder. You can't just... Punch me. <laughs> You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. 
they call me the bitch. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.